0: to Spirited Word. By God's Word proclaimed, the Holy Spirit works faith in God's grace in Jesus, when and where he pleases. Sermons by Pastor Adrian Kitson, Lutheran Church of Australia. The first reading comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 11 to 14 finally brothers and sisters rejoice strive for full restoration encourage one another be of one mind live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you greet one another with a holy kiss all God's people here send their greetings may the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all the word of the lord
1: thanks, thanks be, be to, to god. god
0: what you doing what you doing these are the words i most remember from terence floyd's speech to the crowd in Minneapolis this week as he urged the destruction and violence to stop in the aftermath of his own brother George's murder at the hands of the police, of all people. What you doing? Terence asked across the crowd with a megaphone. What you doing? What you doing is not helping and it's not wanted was pretty much his message to the looters and the destroyers. You might ask, what we doing as we face amazing times like this? have not been seen for a generation or more. Well, the text today in 2 Corinthians starts off pretty strongly. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Love and peace be with you. Seems so out of reach. Some would say seems so out of touch for this moment. Love and peace seem to have disappeared, don't they? Greetings, if they could be called that, seem to be inflicted with unholy tear gas, rubber bullets and a directive from the top to dominate What a mess. What a mess. Our hearts go out to the family of George Floyd and to the tens of thousands of everyday people who have peacefully put their hand up and protested this injustice that's not new, that's been going on and on and on all my life and long before that. All of this may be largely a U.S. story, I suppose. Don't be so quick on the trigger, mate. We know we have a similar kind of very long story of injustice, particularly in relation to our indigenous people, among others, uh, that still causes enormous pain in our own country. So I guess I'm asking myself the question and you: What we doing? Christians what we doing As far as we know there were no rubber bullets and tear gas in Corinth when Paul was there but there were vicious hurtful words and excluding behavior in the church community and they were squarely aimed at Paul They had a very long list of things against him and a very long story of discrediting him on just about every possible front. They even got quite personal about it. Their kiss of greeting seems to have turned into what a kiss of a betrayal might feel like. And yet, he writes. He writes again. He writes again. Through the smoke and the aftermath of the conflict, Paul calls them out of all that, to something new and something better and something holy and something good, something that's now among us and in him. He calls them to a new community already here, not the old community way. He calls them to a divine community, not just a broken human one. Father, Son, and spirit one God and yet three totally new revelation of who God is for a thousand or two or three or five years of the people of Israel totally new revelation for the whole world still is one God but three three and yet still one friends I want to call you there away from that TV and all that's happened this week to where you belong and to where your home really is, to the Holy Trinity, Father, Son and Spirit. Paul says that we and they and he still belong to this community despite the trouble we are in and the forced isolation we've been living under where the church hasn't got much form at the moment. This makes them and us useful, he says, and helpful and needed in the world, in all of its suffering. Paul knows this new community, and he knows what belonging to this home, to this community, asks of him and then and us. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of the Messiah Christ, so also our comfort abounds to others through Christ. Friends, you are comforted this morning to comfort. This Holy Trinity community and those adopted into it by baptism all by God's grace, this community knows suffering and it knows comfort and it shares both. Paul knows he shares his suffering with no other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He says this, he knows that Jesus is in this suffering with him and working through him. Same now, friend, for the innocent and the guilty the black and the white, the haves and the have-nots in the US and here in good old Oz. And this new community of God is always bringing good out of bad, correcting, healing out of damage, ah, oh, hope out of significant despair. Paul says, if we are distressed, it's for you, he says, these people that are so against him. If we are distressed, it's actually for you and your comfort and your safety and your salvation, he says. If we are comforted, it's also for you, straight away, always given, never withheld. And all of this comfort and this safety and this security in this community produces one thing in two words. Patient endurance. Verse 1, verse 6. Patient endurance. Paul's distress is all for their comfortable place in this holy divine community called Father, Son and Spirit. His life under pressure is for them so they have a peaceful home in Jesus Christ. Hasty blaming and condemning of others is actually impatient giving up on who you are and who God really is, a denial of the community in which you live. They and we, he says, can find the new in the old and help the world find the new in the old. This is the Spirit's call now, friends, I believe, patient endurance, whatever that looks like for you. It's a call to those who have lived with the injustice of racism every day of their life. It's also a call to those who need to listen and to learn to do better there and here. Paul knows the pressure. He knows what it is. He says to feel like the end is surely upon us. Do you feel like that? When you see rubber bullets and tear gas on the White House lawn... It's like some Hollywood movie, some end-of-the-world thing, Armageddon. Maybe you feel that way. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, he says, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself, he says. Indeed, we felt we had received... The death sentence. Now I know there are plenty of people to which I'm speaking now, to whom I'm speaking, who know exactly what that's like. A very serious diagnosis. A very major relationship-ending conflict. A major loss. I know you know. But friends... Like the warm embrace of coming home. There's hope and there's usefulness, and there's meaning even in this that's happening. It's what Paul says: This happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead, no less. Reliance, that's the issue. In fact, it's always the issue, isn't it? This time and all these hard times we have been experiencing raise up the reality of reliance. Now, who do you rely on? Really. Not who you say you rely on in pious tones. Practically, upon whom and upon what are you relying Here's what Paul relies on. One word. You heard it. You guess it? Resurrection from the dead. Resurrection. Resurrection. That's where he pins all of his hope. Death is dead, he says. Suffering does not need to lead to death anymore for those who are learning from their suffering to rely on the Father, Son and Spirit to whom they belong. Reliance comes from resurrection. It's pinned on the resurrection of a man from the dead, the first of many. He says, We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you, dodgy Corinthians, to himself. Friends, this has got to be our hope at this time. Resurrection. It always is. It changes the game. It switches from the old to the new. It reveals the hidden that's right here. The community of God, Father, Son and Spirit. That's our hope. Black and white. Rich and poor. Slave and free. Jew and Gentile. That's where Paul ends up in this letter and that's our text. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you motley crew he says so what you doing Christian what you doing I'll tell you what you're doing you're living in three gifts from the one in three three from the one in three grace love fellowship that is how we live at this time and that is what the world needs us to be at this time grace love and fellowship grace you know it Undeserved, unearned divine forgiveness, healing, and acceptance into a community beyond myself and beyond yourself and beyond this world, but in this world, a community that is right here in this world, but not of this world, not distant on some other planet and some other universe stored up for when you die. Now, hidden in words, things you can't see, you hear hidden for the ear to hear. Love, self-sacrificing love, love that gives itself away at great personal cost to another for the sake of the other and mean it. Like Terence Floyd, asking looters to stop looting and destroyers to stop destroying for the sake of the family and the sake of the city and the sake of the nation. Fellowship, belonging, Safe place, safe conversations, time to listen, time to learn, space to rest, time to eat the fat and enjoy the feast with trusted people, with Jesus, of course, in your home. These three gifts from the one in three, blessing on you no matter what, no matter what. So go ahead, Christian, do that. How about do these things? We do not lose heart, says Paul. Our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs everything else. We fix our eyes on the things that we can't see, what is unseen. We take our eyes what is off what is seen to hear what is unseen father son and the spirit the divine community breaking into the old dead dying troubled one in another way he says in 5 verse 7 we live by faith not by sight and since we do this we know what it is to respect and honor the lord what do we do with it we try to persuade others he says in five eleven. We don't lose heart around here. We, don't, we fix our focus on the word of God and we rely on his promises that we are his new community now and for the future. And we do this for the world by living persuasively, persuasively, hoping that they hear and they see what we see. For Christ's love compels us, he says. We've got to do this because we are convinced that one person died for all people black and white we live for him who died for them all and was raised again for them all the sinners and the saints so what we doing around here these days in Europe, i think we're living in the grace and in the love and the community of the resurrection community for the sake of our community the grace of the lord jesus christ the love of god the father and the fellowship of the spirit be with you in the name of christ amen for listening. Pastor Adrian serves at St Petrie Lutheran Church near Barossa Valley, South Australia.